Welcome to Marine Lands, a podcast about Mumbai's hidden worlds from the suburbs to the sea. I'm Raghu Karnad. Mumbai is like every Indian city in that it's full of humans and it's also full of non-humans. We live and let live with street dogs and monkeys and stray cows and rodents and we're used to that. But leopards, people go on safari in other countries to see leopards. Most Indian megacities don't have predatory big cats prowling through housing colonies and parking garages. But then most Indian megacities aren't pressed up against a full-blown forest like the Sanjay Gandhi National Park. In fact, as Mumbai has grown and grown into its suburbs, into areas like Borivli and Mira Road in the west and Mulund in the east, this forest is increasingly in the middle of the city. And it is also increasingly helping to keep Mumbai alive. And we do know this. In the past two years, there's been a genuine citizen movement to save one of the green lungs of the city, the Are Forest, which is an extension of the larger national park. Last October, it won a rare victory by getting an infrastructure project moved out of Are and getting Are officially declared a reserved forest. And young people and regular citizens were at the heart of that fight. One of those young people, with an especially close relationship to the forest and to its leopards, is Nikit Surve. Nikit is a biologist who works at the Wildlife Conservation Society, WCS India, and he studies the Sanjay Gandhi National Park, and he spends a lot of time in it. In fact, he postponed recording this podcast so he could stay in there late yesterday. But we've dragged him out, and here he is now. Thanks for joining us, Nikit. Hi, Raghu. Pleasure. So how was yesterday's field trip? I hope it was worth it. It totally was. We were out because there was this young, small little leopard cub who was in a warehouse, which was found by the workers there. Yeah, he was actually in a warehouse. And it it was very thrilling as well as exciting, but a learning experience because it was only a cub found during the day and people were worried whether the mother's going to come back, if the cub's going to survive. So at that moment, it was like a whole team of rescue team from Sanjay Gandhi National Park, the forest department, a lot of NGOs, animal welfare groups, who everyone pitched in. And our job was just to monitor it from a distance. So we deployed camera traps, which help us know what is happening there. And the female did come back in the night. She she was nursing the cub and she was there for the next four or five days. And yesterday, what happened was she moved out of that area with her cubs. So I would say this was a very clean and nice rescue where we actually did not do anything. You know, we just let them be in their space and it was perfect. So it was a total win-win situation where everyone cooperated a very big team effort with the forest department and the volunteers and the cubs with the leopard are out and safe and happy. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm amazed that that is the, that that's what was keeping you yesterday. And I wish that I could have seen some of it myself. You know, I know that the, the national park is, is like, a, you've spent a lot of time there. It must be like a second home to you. I'm ashamed to admit that I've barely spent any time inside it. I've been once uh, for, a, for a hike and I visited Kaneri Caves, which of course I would recommend to anybody. Why don't you introduce us to this forest that's sprawled in the middle of Mumbai? You know, tell us just a little bit about what kind of habitat it is and what are some of your favorite species that live there apart from the obvious one? Okay, so Sanjay Gandhi National Park is more of a city park to me. 
closest analogy I would give is like Central Park is to New York. I would say Sanjay Gandhi National Park is to the Mumbai city because people go for walks, runs, jogging, family picnics, dates to the Central Park and people do the same in the Sanjay Gandhi National Park as well. Right. The only major difference is Sanjay Gandhi National Park is 30 times Central Park and it has wild free-ranging carnivores living in it. So much so that it's a high density of, yeah, it's a high density of carnivores living with high density of humans. And the habitat for SGLP, it's a mix of semi-evergreen and dry deciduous forest. So if you go during the summers, it'll be very dry. The Most of the trees will be shedding leaves, it'll be dry, brown. But if you go during monsoons, it, all the streams will be gushing with water. You'll only see lush green around you. So it's very beautiful. And there were tigers in SGNP, but there have been like long years. The tigers have been gone from SGNP. Currently, leopards are the top boss. They are the top predators. So definitely leopard is a favorite species for me from the Sanjay Gandhi National Park. But apart from that, it also has the world's smallest wild cat, which is termed as the rusty spotted cat, which is also found in the National Park. So oh, I see. yes, it's filled with a lot of reptiles, birds, insects. But me being a cat person, yes, I'm more attracted towards the leopards and the small cats. So a high density of free-ranging carnivores and a fairly high density of humans. Some who are walkers and some who I gather are uh, tribal residents who, who live there inside, inside the park. And also, of course, environmentalists like you. Tell me, Briefly about how, you know, what, what made you someone who studied the park? So luckily for me, I've been associated to the park since I was a kid. We stay close to the national park entrance. So I've been there since my childhood for school picnics or with family, bunking college and going there. And here I am doing my research work in SCMP. So I collaborated with the forest department where we have some amazing officers who facilitate this research. So since 2015, we've been looking at this broader research topic where we're trying to understand human leopard interactions in this very unique landscape. Now, this is one of its kind across our country or, you know, also across the globe where you have two major cities who are surrounding a forest patch, which is not more than 104 square kilometers. So that's There's Mumbai and Thane. Forest in Mumbai. So if you just go across the peripheral density of people around the Sanjay Gandhi National Park is 20,000 people per square kilometer. So you're talking about a lot of people and a lot of wildlife, but all living together. So this is exactly this fascinating part of high density humans and leopards interacting with each other caught my attention. So that is how here I am trying to understand two species who are the most adaptable living in a mega city. And how much time had you spent uh, in Sanjay Gandhi National Park and doing your research and exploring all of the biodiversity before you first had an encounter with the boss of uh, the boss of Mumbai or the boss of the park as you described it? Yes. So I've been uh, conducting my research in Sanjay Gandhi National Park since 2015 and it started off as a part of a master's dissertation and right now it's part of a long-term study. So much so that recently we radio collared two leopards. By radio collaring, I mean we put a collar around their necks, which has GPS in it. So wherever the leopards go, we keep getting their locations. And so for the last five, six years, we've been associated and continuing our research, trying to understand and learn more about these leopards. And is there a particular encounter with a leopard that, that you prize more than any others? I mean, if I ever saw a leopard cub like, like you did yesterday, I would remember that for a very, very long time. But I know that you've seen more than a few 
So tell me one that really stands out in your memory. Yes, I'll uh, talk about a recent one which uh, occurred during the lockdown. So we found a cub again, a leopard cub. And this time she was not a very healthy cub, you know. She seemed weak when we got her in the morning. So she was taken in intensive care by the uh, rescue team at SCNP. And in the evening, we were again ready to reunite it back to the mother. So it, it makes no sense to keep the leopard cub back in captivity when without giving it a fair chance. So we did that. It is placed in a small basket such that the cub can't come out of it by itself unless it is helped by someone else, which of course is the mother. So we placed all of this and we were monitoring it by, with the cameras. My team did that. We saw by midnight, the female came and took the cub away. Oh, wow. And then wow. was the job of still monitoring it. So that's when everyone else had gone for dinner and I was waiting there. And not with not much network, not much to do because the cub was already gone. And that is when I saw some movement, not more than 10 meters from me. 10 meters yes. from you. 10 meters. She was very close to me. And I would not even expect that it, for it to be a leopard. So initially, I thought it was a dog. But in the next 2-3 seconds, I realized it had a very long tail. Those shoulders, that movement, those spots. And finally, it all made sense. Because I was at the last house in the hamlet. And this leopard walks past me, just looking over her shoulders. And there she was on the trail. I, I had frozen. I had nothing in my hand, no torch, no camera. Suddenly, she moved in light. And that's when I could see her completely. Luckily, I, by then, I realized where the torch was. I could see her. But there was some noise behind me, which distracted me and the leopard. And within seconds, she was gone. I was very excited, wanted to tell this to everyone, but there was no one around. So I started walking back and that's when I saw this young girl from the neighboring house and she had a very big question mark on her face and so did I. When you say that she was from the neighboring house, you mean that uh, she was one of the Varli tribal folk who live inside the park? Yes, yes. So she was. She belonged to that hamlet. She was belonged to the indigenous tribe. Wadlis. Wadlis are the predominant, the dominant tribes here. So she had a question mark on her face. I had a question mark on my face. And I didn't want to tell her that, you know, a leopard just walked past your house. Because me being a city-bred child, I would think people would get scared. But surprisingly, she asked me a question. Dada, tumi waag bagitlaka. And they speak Marathi. So it translated, it translates as, did you see the leopard? And I'm like, homie, Bagitla, I saw the leopard. You won't believe I had so many emotions running through me and she was so casual about it. I asked her, like, does it happen more often? And her reply was, yes, we have leopards. They walk past us, they're around. So that is how casual they are. You know, for them, it's a part of their life. It's part of them. Yes. And the next morning we realized there was a Vagoba temple nearby. A Vagoba puja which takes place had taken place. And that is where they found the cub. So the whole village was very happy when the female took the cub away. Because for them, they associated to the deity, which is Vagoba. In Marathi, Vag stands for tigers and leopards both. Right. So, I mean, I can, uh, it's it's amazing to to think about this young girl's reaction because for someone like me who's who's even further away from understanding leopards the way i i encounter these stories the way i learn about leopards in the city is from fairly sensational reporting you know about portrays wild animals kind of stalking through colonies compounds in conflict with humans stealing stealing pets and um, and really amps up the idea that leopards might be dangerous to human beings in the city and that they might be that they might be a threat of course naturally the people who 
uh, who are indigenous to that forest have a completely different understanding. I suppose you can you can see the heart of that understanding in the in the fact that there is this deity, Waghoba. But yeah, what have you learned about how about the difference between urban residents and and our reactions to the idea of a leopard and the the indigenous people there and what they understand about this creature and its place. So with the tribals, the indigenous people who stay inside the forest, who live a life, you know, which is more traditional than the city ones, they accept the leopard. It is a part of their life. They worship the leopard. Uh, Waghuba is termed as the protector of the forest or the Janglasa Raja, which means the king of the forest. So for them, leopard is nothing different as it would be for a city person. You know, like we would go on a safari and if you were to go and ask an indigenous person, would you pay some four, five thousand rupees to go on a safari to see a leopard? He might just laugh at you. He would say, oh, I see them while brushing my teeth in the morning. So that's a very big difference. Also the fear amongst the city people or like people like us who live in building societies or constructed houses outside is because there's a lack of understanding and lack of knowledge which these guys have because of living with them and also traditionally. So yeah, the knowledge difference and fear. What is it that you think that um, that uh, urban people should understand that we don't know? I mean, d- tell us what it is that's missing from our knowledge, especially if we're people for whom leopards are our neighbors and there's a chance that we might even run into them. No, leopard is not a very big animal. If I uh, stand tall, it would barely, like, the average size of a leopard would come till my, just above my knee length. I remember when we were working in Chimla, the Pahadi dogs were bigger than the leopards. Because it's a very small animal. It's a very sly, shy, elusive, secretive cat. It does not like to be in the open. Like, if you talk to anyone been on safaris, they would have seen tigers walking in front of the gypsies and sitting. But uh, leopards would not do that. Because it's, you know, it's not the top predator because there's always a tiger around. Secondly, it's the most adaptable cat. You know, they've been observed living in varied habitats, even in India. You know, they are found all across India, L- like leaving certain habitat patches. They're found right from south till north and no other carnivore is you know, as widespread as the leopard is. Leopards have been found in cropland. So it's a very adaptable cat. Number two, what people definitely need to know is you don't need to be scared of a leopard because the leopard is more scared of you than you are of the leopard. And especially in the city. Now, another thing, some do's and don'ts when you come across leopards, try and avoid direct confrontation. Try and not corner a cat. So, you know, I would never corner a domestic cat. We know from house cats that cornering them is a good, you know, is a good way to get a scratch put on your face. Yeah, so exactly what happens with leopards. Also. So if you would have heard some news, like a couple of years ago, there was a leopard in Mulun, uh, in Nanipada, where it had injured some four or five people. And that simply happened because the leopard was in a maze of houses and stuck there in the morning now it's trying to run out now it, it, it has no intentions of hurting you it just wants to run out but you know when it's standing in front of your door and you are there you are an obstruction you are blocking its way so in an attempt to run away you know they get scratched but again these are not deliberate attacks these are all attacks by surprise attacks which happen by chance encounters but not something intentional so never try to corner a cat also remember that 9 on 10 times the leopard is going to run away when it sees or it senses you. You know, so even before you see it, it's already gone. But only the times when you see it 
remember not to tell stones at the leopard give right of way like people i've i've heard stories where people have come across leopards while they're walking through small alleys to go to their houses or in their parking lots when they return in late or in front of their vehicle so at such times just wait hold back the leopard will walk out just in case you think it is not you ask for help make sound make noise get someone there in a jovial way if i had to put it if you come across a leopard you really don't have to do anything all that has to be done the leopard will do now that makes a lot of sense to me that the leopard is a shy animal in fact that's why when you hear about people who go on safari they are so excited about having seen one at all because they they prefer to hide and they like their privacy i believe and so they probably like you said they're more keen to avoid us than we are to avoid them given that fact what is it that makes leopards venture into into urban areas and out of um and out of the forest they must be well aware that they're moving from uh from their from a natural habitat into a very different looking different feeling habitat what is it that drawing leopards out it's a very common question we get and specifically the forest department when people go and tell them why are your leopards coming out now this whole thing about in and out is something which is made by humans understood by humans and followed by humans no wild animal ever understands any boundary any political boundary made by people so as long as it gets uh its basic needs fulfilled the leopard will move wherever it likes which happens with respect to mumbai you know it like as we keep referring to roti kapda or makan uh leopards are definitely not interested in kapda but roti and makan <laughs> for them roti is this domestic prey which is available in the city okay all along the yes. periphery of the park you get a lot of domestic dogs cats feral pigs rodents which the leopards chance upon for them it's a very easy meal for them it's something which fits the cost benefit ratio and that is what they are after i'm very sorry if i'm you know like uh, offending someone but as a leopard biologist i know dogs domestic dogs are the most preferred prey item by the leopards especially in mumbai yeah well i think that since you're giving us the cat's eye view uh, i think that you have we have to acknowledge that uh, dogs can be food as well as pets so it's essentially the leopards will will step outside because a all of this has been um, you know contiguous with their natural habitat mumbai was forest once upon a time and or secondly because these are sources of food that leopards actually enjoy and um and it makes sense for them to go after yes like mumbai was really a forest we've had stories of tigers walking down malabar hill drinking water at gwalior tank there were leopards who were like there was a leopard which was shot at kalva devi there were records of jackals running from chernior station towards marine drive So yeah, Mumbai is being a forest and filled with wildlife. We can think of leopards as being not just original and old-time inhabitants, but also reminders, a powerful reminders of of the of the ecosystem that lay where uh, this giant city is spread out right now. Tell us a little bit about what should draw humans into the park. Uh, since you're someone who knows it so well, it's obvious why an open green space of uh, 100 square kilometers would invite humans in but give us a little insight about what you think is the reason to to visit and also if someone wanted to get more involved if someone wanted to get to know the park better and to help protect it what advice would you give okay so first of all i would say 
do visit the park because you will only protect and conserve something if you know it you understand it you love it you experience it and you will get to do all of that only by visiting the national park and it's really very beautiful and to get involved there are so many ways you could there are so many of these groups who go for cleanup drives awareness drives there's a program called as mumbai curse for icnp wherein we do awareness for leopards Uh, in building societies in slums schools colleges people can also volunteer with the forest department so yeah there's so much to do but the first step to do is step out and go to the park going to the park has never sounded so exciting before nikit thank you very much it's wonderful having this conversation with you and uh, hope to meet you in the park sometime soon yeah looking forward to that thanks nikit <laughs>